Mark 8, verses 34 and 35. Calling the crowd, along with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life because of me and the gospel will save it. Friend, welcome to Courageous Radiance Podcast. My name is Brittany Dixon, and I am so thankful that you have joined and that you're tuning in. I am really excited about this month of June, all the way through really the summer, of talking about the blessed state. Here on Courageous Radiance, we are equipped, encouraged, and anchored in the Word of God and at the feet of Christ. Let's go and jump into this week's podcast. Hey there and welcome, podcast friend. My name is Brittany. So the episode before last, we were talking about this courageous dwelling. And I shared a gentleman by the name of John Ortberg and his view and its massive impact in my discipleship uh, following next to the, the one who did disciple me directly. And he broke down this structure of public, private, and core belief system, your faith system, your conviction system, so to speak, of where you're at in your connectedness to what you say and what you do, right? So the state of faith, this this conviction. So just a quick brief overview. Public is, he shared the King Herod, who publicly stated to the Magi, the um, the ones who were going to follow to find this star, this this child who was born into the world um, or would be born, and he wanted to kill this 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 son who would be a king because it would usurp him. Now we know that. He didn't share that. He had this public, almost this PR statement, kind of a politician falsehood statement of, yeah, I want to worship him. Let me know when you find him. Okay, that's a lie. That's not really what he believed. But inwardly, he also knew he didn't believe that as well. So that's this public statement. It's I. It's what I want you to think. I believe, even if it's not really what I believe. Then you've got this private statement. This is this is honestly sincere for the most part. I mean, maybe there's some levels of you're convicted to do better, but you kind of don't. But you are striving, you know. So let me just go ahead and use my issue with French fries. Okay, so I truly want to do better. That's what I believe. But yet, every time I go through a drive-through, that's not really what I do. But, anyways, private statement. Um, John Ortberg talked about Peter, and how he was just like gun ho, Lord. I am never, ever, ever, ever gonna turn away from you. And Jesus was like, "Yes, you are. You're gonna deny, deny me three times." Anyways, and he did. <laughs> but Peter legitimately thought that he was, you know, sincere and 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 was honest in what he was saying to Jesus. But so this is the statement where 
I think I truly sincerely believe this until the circumstance changes, until the bottom falls out. So it's a fickleness. It's circumstantial faith. It doesn't stick, right? Um, He mentioned, which I really want to point out, I mentioned it the last episode, which is really good, that this is why we should be careful on this, especially this new mantra of your truth, you know, kind of this be your own boss, so to speak. You know you. No, you really don't. You're really not your best judge. And this last piece, uh, conviction, this last faith statement is this core belief. I'm, I try to be careful to say absolutes. My husband and I talk about that with our kids, especially, or even within our marriage, because we would do this. It would be like, well, you always or you never. And it's like, really, really never when I just changed the trash yesterday, Brittany, you know, per my husband. But so being careful. But John Orberg was using an absolute statement. He said that your behavior will always align with this core level belief. And he didn't use a person in the Bible. He actually talked about the concept, the law of physics um, of gravity. And we can, we, what we demonstrate, I demonstrate what I believe. So that's at core level. And I will always, again, there's that absolute, kind of makes me nervous, but I will always hold to this. And when you think about gravity, okay, you're visiting New York and you go visit, um, you know, the Statue of Liberty. Do you believe the law of gravity once you get to the top? You know what I mean? Like no one had to sit down with a dissertation statement with you. You just believe that if I step out of this woman's crown at the top of the law, at the top of the Statue of Liberty... I'm taking my life, right? So this is that core level belief. And Jesus is therefore interested in, only interested in what we truly live out of. He was after biblically as well as today. Over 2,000 years later, he is after our core level transformation, friend. He is after our core level beliefs because that's what we live out of. Not the things that we say, right? Like the PR statements that we really don't mean that, yeah, I'm on this diet and I'm over here like at Whataburger every day, um, eating cheesecake, eating fries, my favorite. It's funny how I feel like I could truly exist on coffee and French fries. But anyways, um, and it's not the, this is what I, I think I really believe. Like I go to church. I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. I pray. I read my Bible sometimes. I serve at church. I All of the eyes, this is what I do, right? But when the circumstance changes, is this really what I believe? So today, um, as well as really through the whole summer, the whole summer, we are going to take a visit per the definition of Jesus. So y'all, I had to like fully <laughs> pray about this because this hashtag blessed is so used. I'm sure I would say it too, you know, and now I feel like I jokingly say it more so, 
But this hashtag blessed life, this hashtag goals is really the focus, unfortunately. It's the superficial focus. And it it it's really a lie because these are temporary fleeting things that I chase after, that you may be chasing after. And even if let's say you're not chasing after it, for me, this is just truly an honest uh, conviction for me, is I will compare my life to what somebody else is doing and say, well, maybe they're more hashtag blessed than me. Maybe life is better for them. So it's maybe not even that you care about the Rolls Royce or the 18 homes that you have, right? Maybe, or this top level job, maybe it's just that this person next to you or that you're scrolling and looking at, this person at work that you've now elevated and begun to idle their life or idle this, this maybe it's not even a direct person. Maybe it's just this This is what you wrote down in your list of 20 things that, that has to happen in your life. And these are your expectations that you're demanding, subtly demanding to God that must happen. I must have three kids. I must have a home. I must and I must. And we don't say that. I'm going to be honest. I don't say that to God. But I demand it subtly, privately. Again, that John Ortberg. I'm, because when my life doesn't reflect it, I have an issue with God. God, you said, and God's like, when did I say? When? When did I ever say? Y'all, the life of a believer, we are called to a life of suffering. And there is like not a hashtag for that. (laughs) It's not like, yay, I get to suffer. But this is what this is, this was the, this is what Jesus has called us to, friend. And I know that I can't like put that in a bow. And, you know, do this as a giveaway and it just like entice people. But y'all, this podcast, Courageous Radiance Podcast, we courageously follow Jesus at all costs. And through our courageous, obedient, faithful lives, we will radiantly, radiantly to the ripple, like starting in our home, right? The, the, the closest people to us should be able to see your core level beliefs. So maybe the outside world only sees your fake post that looks great on a picture, but the people closest to you will really truly know the core level of you, maybe even more than what you know. And through, and that's, so when we live obediently faithful lives, radiantly, we will impact others for the kingdom. So it's not my kingdom on display. It's not my honor. It's not my glory. And it's not yours. It is the kingdom. It is Jesus Christ that we are trying to lift up. Not trying, like striving, but who we're making an intentional decision every single day to follow. So I want to read this week's. So there are eight, um, you know, if you actually was when I was researching, there's 50 times in the King James Version. I I use the Blue Letter um, Bible, and it's really helpful just to break down Greek translation, Hebrew. I mean, it's amazing. 
And just this word blessed, makarios, is is what I found. And it is and and 50 times. So it's not just here in what I'm about to read in in Matthew 5, but all throughout, even up to Revelations, there's all these states of you're blessed if, you know, this is almost like a, and, and it actually says that this is an adjective. Well, we know an adjective describes, it's describing a noun, right? Um, and in this case, the noun is us. It's describing characteristically the noun, the believer, the disciple, the follower, the dweller. That's what it's doing. So Jesus gives specifically, we're not going to talk about all of the parts that it talks about, um, blessed if, but in these eight that are found in Matthew 5, and today I'm just going to read verses 1 through 3, but we're going to talk about the first one, which is in verse 3. So I'm going to start Matthew 5, verse 1. When he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to teach them, saying, Blessed, there's that Makarios, blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And that's all we're going to talk about today. That's all I'm going to share for you to take to your quiet time. Also to take to your quiet time is, how do you, like, not when you're thinking of um, what you should do, but how do you truly define blessed? Just think about it. I, I mean, challenge yourself. What do I really think about blessed? You have to start really assessing. We, we don't do ourselves justice if we're not assessing what we truly believe. So not this ideal, but what do you believe? Like, what do you really believe? We talked about this the last episode. What do you truly believe? So that's the first action item is how do you define blessed? And honestly, in full transparency, if it's like I define blessed and it's like all these things that are temporary or could be fleeting, that's fine. Well, it's not fine, but God already knows it anyways. This is already what you're subtly, subconsciously achieving or trying to achieve. So why not write it down? Why not? Like denying what what you deep down believe isn't helping you versus putting it all out there and saying, I define blessed by having a husband if you are in a state of singleness. I don't know. And for me, I'll just share one of mine that I have been plagued with. And it's interesting that God has not moved and he's given me over a decade of no's is I, I defined blessed. I used to define blessed by me being able to not work outside of my home. And I know that sounds funny. Maybe, I don't know. I don't really care how it sounds, but this is, this is the truth. And I didn't, and here's how it showed up. I was always angry y'all like subtly bitter subtly angry. And then I would start to become almost sarcastic and belittling to people who did get to stay at home. Oh, well, you know, that's not my life. Ugh, 
I wouldn't know, you know, like just stuff like that. And it wasn't until my, uh, I don't know, probably a couple years ago that I was a hundred percent smacked on my butt with some quiet time. Like you need to stop that. This is not, this, this ain't okay. The way that you are defining blessed. So just a quick synopsis on my testimony. I, um, used to build my whole life when I'm thinking of teenage, late teenage years, college, after college, build my life on this mountain of success. Like I wanted to be the top of the top and not because I cared about what other people thought, but because this is what I needed. I thought I needed to be successful. And I defined my my level of success based on education, based on how many letters came after my name, based on how much money I made. And again, I'm I'm actually really kind of like a behind the scenes person. So it's not to flash it, but it was my false sense of security. And that's how I define blessed. Like this is what God has to do for me or I'm going to do it for myself, period. So this is interesting why with my career, um, you know, those who are really, really close to me know that I've gotten over a decade. I'm saying like literally almost now we're at almost two decades of no's for what I really wanted to be able to be doing. And y'all, I have found such level of contentment today, now, not having what I was begging God to have. And here's the, here's, here's the, the level that you get to eventually as you're following and obeying and surrendering, you'll get to a level like, it's not that you don't believe anymore for it. It's not that you wouldn't even still desire it. So it's not like denying your desires. You know, I desire to be, you know, a size six. So it's not like I'm going to say, well, I'm never going to try to do my Peloton to get to that. But if it doesn't happen, then that's okay. It's like achieving the state of contentment. But um, this blessedness per Jesus is really this kingdom reality. It's it's out of the good news of the gospel. So the first verse that I read in the intro is my life verse. I know I share it all the time in the podcast, so get ready. It's going to be coming even more. But y'all, it's really this snippet picture shot of the disciple life. You are going to deny yourself. As a disciple, we are following, we're learning, we're dwelling where? At the foot of Christ. Because we're not discipling our picture, our standard. I tell my kids, who's the standard here? It's Jesus. So the one who dwells, blessedness is this picture of the one who dwells, who follows, who believes or faiths. You know, faith is both a verb and a noun. It's an action as well. It's a state of being, you know, So I love that this, these eight characteristics that Jesus lists that we're going to go over for the whole summer. And we're just starting at the first one. The first one is blessed are the poor in spirit for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. It's your turn now, friend, your turn. How often can you say that? Right? So let's just say I wrote down here, um, just because it's the easiest to to rip apart. Let's say that your idea is to have 
a whole bunch of followers, whether that's for your business, that's just an aspiration goal for some reason because somebody else is doing it. I don't know. But whatever your why is for why you want this big following, if I said, or if you know, the world of, of Instagram says, it's your turn now, girl, you know how long it's going to probably take you to build that? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not a really now thing that you're going to go from like one follower, zero followers. Well, one, because it's probably going to be at least your mom who's going to follow you or at least your sister, somebody to 500,000 followers or whatever, 100,000, 10,000, whatever it is your goal is, 5,000. I don't know. That's not real. Like, what if that doesn't happen? I guess that's what I'm saying. You have to start thinking as this, this disciple level thinking. Jesus says we are to surrender everything. That's what I read, y'all. Like, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow. And guess what Jesus was not doing? I'm sure if Jesus had an Instagram account, his following would be 12, and then he's going to lose a follower, and it's going to be 11. And he's like Jesus, like God of the world, of heaven. I mean, he is everything. And when you think of it's our time now, that is encouraging, not for me to pep you up and say, girl, it's your turn. Hashtag bless, hashtag goals. You do you, boo. Your truth, right? Or you get ahead for you. It's your turn now to rise above your circumstances, rather. It's your turn now to be hope-filled, real hope. It's your turn now to believe again. It's your turn to rejoice in trials when I think of James 1. This pastor I listened to said, the believer, the disciple, we have a state of deathlessness. I don't even know if that's a word, y'all, but listen, that impacted me because I'm like deathless. We really are. If you're really a, if you are a believer at the core level, if your name is written in the book of life, if you are going to heaven, if Jesus comes back today or brings you home today, you are deathless. You are in eternity with God. So it's like, In the words of, you know, this pastor, again, nothing can be taken away from you. You thrive, therefore, John 10, 10. You thrive in this abundant life now, today, not when you get a car, not when you get a husband, not when you get your your independent job, not when, not when, not when, not these, these prerequisites, when you follow core level belief, follow Jesus. That's when. So it is your turn. I love that Jesus literally took like all of the underdogs because that would be a hundred percent me, you know, like the, the least of them. He didn't pick the best, the pure gray. I mean, he didn't do that. He didn't pick the rich. He didn't pick the, the, the popular. He picked the, 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 the scum. (laughs) He picked the, the lowest, Why? So that over 2,000 years later, you could be encouraged. So if you ever feel like your circumstance is less than, I haven't achieved yet, girl, drop that. Jesus chooses you now. He chose you before the formation of the world. He chooses you always. So it is your turn now to follow, to learn, to dwell at the foot of the one who left all splendor. Let's think about this. Why do we get to follow obediently and surrender all? Why are we called to this? First off, you're not demanded to. It's an invitation to. 
And why? Because we're following somebody who himself left splendor and fame. And so we're going to relinquish all of that, y'all. We're giving it up. So whatever is, this is the second point. So the first point is, how do you define blessed? The next thing to take to your quiet time with God is, if you're being honest with yourself, again, we not, we not doing, I don't do sugar and rainbows and sprinkles. I'm talking about honest. How or what is hardest to give up? So first thing is, how do you define blessed? Because Jesus is going to ch- challenge that because that's what he does in a good, for our good though, right? And then the next thing is, what is the hardest thing for you to give up? So again, for me, it was my ideal of life what I thought my life was going to be. I thought I was going to, and here's the thing, I can still keep striving for these things. That's why now, my state now, today, I don't care about those things. So it's crazy that my life was centered on this falsehood and now I can care less about it. If it happens, great. But if it doesn't, all right. I know where my real hope is, right? So we're following a king who himself abdicated his throne in splendor, for a lowly state. Why? Because John 3, 16, he left it all for us. God sent his only son to die for you and me who don't deserve nothing, nothing, y'all. Like it literally, it amazes me. It amazes me. And it puts me in such a state of awe that when I think of this first blessed state that Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. When you get to the state of desperation, and I'll finish here, the state of nothing else matters. Like God, my cup is empty. It's so empty. Like It's dry, no moisture, no condensation. Jesus is not talking about finances here. I I used to believe that. And it was years ago that another pastor had helped explain that, the true exegesis of, of the scripture. And this is not talking about money. Jesus is not saying, you know, when he's saying the poor in spirit, he's not talking about money. He's talking about your spiritual state. Blessed are those who are truly spiritually bankrupt. That's the, that's the disciple. We are, we are spiritually bankrupt if Jesus don't come through. Like I am flat, jacked up, 400 if your credit score can even be that, zero credit score, whatever is the lowest of low. No money, living in a corner, you know, with wildlife. That's me. Flat broke, nothing. Nothing. I am entirely dependent on Jesus. That's the state of the of the believer. Should be core level, the disciple. This is the first level that Jesus defines as those who are blessed, Makarios. And that's in my pain. That's in my marriage. Y'all, I ain't got it. I don't have it. I'm, I'm, I mean, who can be holy all the time? I mean, it's like a prescription to never, right? Who could parent in that level of fullness? Listen, 
I bring my empty cup to Jesus every day, all throughout the day. Like, God, I ain't got it. I don't have it in my marriage. I don't have it in my parenting. I don't have it at work. I don't have it in these failed expectations. I don't have it in this past pain or trauma, or I don't have it with my parents who I have to support or help. I don't have it with um, this alien parent, you know, whatever it is in no friendships, everybody's left me. Everybody's abandoned me. I don't know, friend, where this touches you, but Jesus does. So we all have our crosses. We all have our burdens. We all have our scars. We all have our pains. And Jesus is like, perfect. This is where you need to be at my feet. So we are blessed when we get to the state of dependence, desperation. Those are the poor in spirit. So no longer is it you blessed when you got all these things that did happen. No, friend, you're blessed now in your state of feeling like nothingness. Why? Because you take this empty cup to be filled by the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I pray that this has been uh, an encouragement for you, that you feel equipped in the Word of God at the feet of Jesus. And I pray that it truly inspires you to assess your core level beliefs, and that this transformation impacts you greatly. Head to the blog, CourageousRadiance.com. You can get some free resources, join the mailing list, learn more about Courageous Radiance, listen to podcasts, all of the things. There is a song playlist. Friend, I would love to connect with you. Know that I am cheering you on as you begin or continue to build your life upon Jesus Christ.